Live from Mount Pleasant, this is JR Afternoon with Chris Renwick on 760 WJR. Sponsored today by the Mount Pleasant Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Inviting you to experience fall in central Michigan. Visit meetmtp.com. Here's Chris. Welcome in. Very exciting day on JR Afternoon. Not only did the Lions come out on top last night with a big performance, I mean a big performance, big time win, and they are now, as uh, I believe it was put in Game of Thrones, the king of the north. It is over. I mean, this team is legit. It's very exciting, and we will get into it. By the way, since the NFL realigned in in 2002, the Lions have never won a divisional title as an NFC North team. Every other member of this division has won the NFC North. The Lions haven't. They beat the Packers last night 34-20. to We will talk about it as we continue. Lomas Brown will join us today. Uh, but it's a very exciting day as a Lions fan. Uh, it's also very exciting on JR Afternoon today because we are on the WJR Fall Tour. And as you heard the big voice say, we are in Mount Pleasant, live from Mountaintown. If you've never been to this restaurant, you got to come. It's wonder. It's a great atmosphere. And the food, the drinks, uh, top-notch. And we are here to highlight the fall festivities that you can participate in uh, in Mount Pleasant. And we went around today, we bebopped around, we went to a pumpkin patch, we went to a watershed conservancy, we went to a beautiful uh, nature park, the Deerfield Nature Park, we went to a, a canoe sh- joint, it, it's, it's wonderful. And we'll talk about it as we continue, but I've, I've created a new slogan for you, you guys can put it on shirts, whatever you want to do with it. It's the up north vibe without the drive. It's not trademarked, yes. High fives around. You can use it, do whatever you want with it. But in Metro Detroit, we've got some nice areas where the, the leaves change and it's beautiful. But but coming up here, it, it is a different vibe, and there isn't a whole lot of drive uh, attached to it. So w- we will talk about it as we continue on today. And we're going to talk to a lot of the movers and shakers up here because um, – uh, obviously, Central Michigan being up here. We've got uh, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort up here. Um, it, it's a wonderful place to be, so we will highlight the wonderful uh, things to do in Mount Pleasant as we continue on. I do want to get to a couple of notes because it's a big news day. Uh, first of all, Ethan Crumbly, the Oxford High School shooter, is eligible to spend the rest of his life in prison. That's according to an Oakland County judge, Kwame Rowe. Now, Crumbly faces a sentence of either life without parole in the terms of years, 25 to 40 years, based on each crime committed, and a maximum 60 years with the possibility of parole. Judge Rowe said that Crumbly's age, his family situation, they were all mitigating factors. Everything else is neutral like his immaturity, the consequences of his actions, his family situation, the the crime and the possibility of rehabilitation, it's all neutral. So that decision stems from the Miller hearing that Crumbly needed to go through, according to federal law, to determine if, because he's a minor, if he's eligible to serve a life in prison sentence. Now, day 15 of the UAW strike. President Sean Fain came out today on Facebook, announced additional targeted strike locations, as their negotiations with the big three continue. Now, in that video today, important to note, 
Thane did say that negotiations haven't broken down. They are still talking with all three companies. We'll get into the nitty-gritty coming up in just a moment. Tigers also today announcing that Miguel Cabrera will stay with the organization after his final game on Sunday. This is the home stretch for Miggy, one of the best to ever do it. He will serve as special assistant to president of baseball operations, Scott Harris. So it's very cool that Miggy's going to stay around uh, and, and remain with this organization, one that, that he has flourished uh, under throughout his career. All right, the UAW again expanding its strike, now targeting General Motors and Ford. Stellantis, interestingly enough, untouched in this round of striking. WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne here with the report. The, the UAW President Sean Fain spoke to members. The Ford Motor Company also had a lot to say about this development. Good afternoon, Marie. Hi, Chris. There's a lot to tell you today about what's going on because we haven't had a lot of information about actual negotiations. So let's start with the expansion of the strike, first of all. Uh, workers at GM's Delta Lansing, uh, Lansing Delta uh, Township Assembly and Ford's Chicago Assembly Plant in Illinois uh, on strike now as of noon. Uh, the Delta Township Plant builds the Buick Enclave and the Chevy Traverse. They have more than 2,800 employees. Chicago Assembly has about 57 hourly workers making uh, the Ford Explorer and a police utility of vehicle as well as the Lincoln Aviator. Sean Fain says that they have been working night and day to get a deal, but there has not been meaningful progress at Ford and GM. I'm still very hopeful that we can reach a deal that reflects the incredible sacrifices and contributions our members have made over the last decade. So in all, 25,000 uh, auto workers just about now out on strike. That's out of 146 members at the Detroit Three. Fain added there is momentum at talks with Stellantis, saying that they've reached common ground on some big issues like cost of living and plant closures. And because of this progress, no new Stellantis sites will be targeted for now. A short time ago, though, Ford CEO uh, Jim Farley and key members of the management team spoke to reporters. Farley commented that they've been working also night and day at the negotiating uh, table. And the sticking point, we have not heard this before, the sticking point, at least for Ford, is the issue of battery plants. Farley said, I believe we can reach a compromise on pay and benefits, but so far UAW is holding the deal hostage over battery plants. And he did use those words, held hostage over battery plants. Now, we should point out that the battery plants are considered a wild card in all this because a lot of these battery plants, which have not been built, cannot legally be included in the current talks as their joint venture facilities. Uh, Farley also said the issue of EVs has become a political football, and he said that is a shame. He added that Ford's profit margins are thin and not at record levels. Of course, that contradicts statements made by Fain, who said the autos, Chris, are making record profits. So about 7,000 more workers joined this strike. Um, and and we were expecting, when Sean Fain laid out the plan, that that individual locations plant suppliers whatnot would be would be shut down and targeted and it, it, we are getting to a point marie where more and more are being added Seven thousand more people now join the picket lines 
So now in total, you've got twenty over 25,000 UAW workers mm-hmm. on strike. And, and what's interesting, over the last week, we saw that Ford was spared last week. This week now, Stellantis is spared. Uh, but th- there's no indication on what's next. And I think that's exactly what the UAW wants. They want the big three kept on their toes and unsure which part of their chain is going to be disrupted. What was interesting was something Jim Farley said today in the in the presser was that he has gotten the feeling that what's happening here, how this is unfolded, has been premeditated yeah. uh, and predetermined. He said, so in other words, it, it's almost like it doesn't matter what's happening at the table, but it, right. this has all been pre- And I thought that was a very telling comment on his part. Yeah. He also talked about that Chicago assembly plant. Mm-hmm. That's a really important plant to Ford Motor Company. They build the Ford Explorer there. That is a very, very popular, popular ve- yep. Yeah, vehicle. So by that being, you know, hit this time, that is going to hurt. Yeah. And so, um, I again, I just thought it was very interesting that Farley and the team came out and answered a lot of questions from reporters, had this uh, statement right out in the open. So we did learn a lot today about what's happening. Yeah, and and something that uh, that that constraining of these workers is going to continue to be a, a a real problem until they get a deal done. Marie Osborne, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we got to take a break. We are live from Mount Pleasant and Mountaintop. Uh, Mountain Town, excuse me, uh, highlighting all the wonderful fall events that you can take part of, uh, part in, in Mount Pleasant. We got to take a break, come back for more. As I understand it, we have the person responsible for all the fun at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. We will talk to him coming up next on JR Afternoon. Welcome back. Good to have you live from Mount Pleasant in Mountain Town. And, and again, if you haven't been here, it's great. There's a lot of awesome spots in this town, and, and I've, I've dubbed it the up north vibe without the drive. And it's an easy drive. I love it. it, it Thank it's you. just you, you're, you, you come up 127, and uh, you're here. It's, it's, a, it's a great spot, uh, as is the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Tim McCullough, as I understand, you, you have an official title. Yes. But you've said just forget about that. You're the fun governor. Well, that is my official title. Oh, that is the official. Okay, it good. It is now, good. yes. Good. Yeah. Did you if just you give say yourself it, that real. title? No, I've had oh, it for a minute. We're speaking it into existence. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Okay, yeah, good. The guests actually have. Oh, good. Coined that, so well, it's been exciting. I mean, look when when you know uh, you bring a send to fruition. Yes, right. And that's a big deal. I it mean, is. look the 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 world of of sports betting has absolutely blown up in this state. And in yes. my mind, I mean, we were late to the party. We should have been in this game a while ago. Um, but when you look at what happened last night in Green Bay, it's like, eh, it's just fun. This is yeah, good. It is. It's a good time. It's a good time right now. That's for sure. I can tell you what, uh, we have a, uh, a, a a former lion that is our spokesman for our Eagles Casino and Sports that we're always Herman. excited Herman about. Moore, right? Herman yeah. Moore, yeah. He's our guy. He was up here last night. Good. Watching the game in good. our ascend. Great place to see a game. Got to yeah. have some cold drinks and check out the game. Got all the screens. And, of course, you know, you can lay the bet down. Uh, and Herman's been uh, giving some uh, – his knowledge out there on the sports betting world too. Yeah, it's a good person to take the take that advice from. I, I think I think so. He kind of knows a little bit about it. Yeah, just a great guy for us. You know, all the autographs, all the picture yeah. taken. Our guests just love seeing him in the house. He's a great guy. And uh, we've had him up for many Super Bowl parties. Him and Lomas. Yeah, that I know Lomas? you're going to be talking yep, to we're later. We're going to talk to Lomas coming. Uh, I love Lomas. He's the best uh, 
big hugger in the game. Best guy. Yeah, the best guy. Best guy in the world. Man, I'll tell you what, and, and them hands, right? Oh, oh my gosh. Just the, the, <laughs> the stories that he tells from those days in the Silverdome are, are awesome. Yes, he, uh, we've had all them guys up, and uh, they're just uh, great people. And I, they've done a good job for I us. I want to talk about Herman's the, the customer experience. Okay. Because, you know, this in, in this space, I have to imagine that you're always looking to, 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 to make positive changes at the facility, right? Whether that's on, on the, 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 the hotel, the lodging side of things, or the, mm-hmm. or the, the, the spa side of things, or uh, certainly on the, the casino side of things. How do you go about learning what guests want uh, do you do a lot of traveling? Are you in different places looking what other people are doing? How, how do you uh, gather all this information? A little bit of all that. It's actually, uh, we gather from our guests. Okay. We survey our guests. Sure. Uh, we send out surveys all the time, and uh, we listen to them. I, I uh, see all the shows, right? we got all these great shows that we do. Yeah. I'm always, hey, hit me up on Facebook. Let me know what shows you want to see. Sure. It would be weird if I was sitting in the audience all by myself. Yes, agree. Because I picked all the artists that <laughs> I want to see, right? Yeah. That would be awkward. Yeah. And we don't want that. We want everybody to have a good time, and we want them to have that voice in yeah. who we're choosing to come uh, to the casinos mm-hmm. so you guys can come out and bring the date night and all that fun sure. and enjoy everything we have uh, for what what this community wants to see, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and let alone, uh, we got people that travel from Detroit, Ohio, Indiana mm-hmm. that uh, come up for shows, which is amazing to me, right? And I think it's because we uh, we listen to our guests. Yeah. Uh, we treat them like people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk to hundreds of guests uh, every day, it seems like. Yeah. I'm a very shy guy, clearly. Yes. And uh, with You were that, very bashful <laughs> when you walked in. Yeah, I was, right? Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll get the air back to you later. But with that being said, it's 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 because I like people, right? Yeah. I'm always looking for my new best friend. Yeah. And I think that's what you'll find when you come in the door. Yeah. Uh, that our employees are doing the same. They're looking for their new best friend. They're going to welcome. Where are you from, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, how'd you hear about us? Well, I mean, every, easy t- every time I I come in, it, something's different, and it's better, and it's improved, <laughs> and yes. um, and, and I think that when you have that mentality, when you have that mm-hmm. customer centric mentality. They see it too. Yes, yes, and uh, you know we, we 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 pride ourselves on that, and then we're always doing improvements. Me and you were just talking about our our new rooms mm-hmm. that we remodeled. Oh, they're fantastic! I mean, the rooms are just amazing. The the, the tech in those rooms <laughs> is off the charts. That's what I'm talking about, and we hear that all the time from our guests. But ready? They ask for that. Yeah. Right. They're, I mean, our demographics. Mm-hmm. They 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 need the lights to come on when you go in the bathroom yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. A, little, a dimmer there to yep. so you're not bumping into things. We're listening to all that. The curtains, all that stuff you're talking about, all the USB ports everywhere, yeah. all that stuff. It's important to our guests, mm-hmm. so it's important to us. We're remodeling uh, our our parking lot. It looks amazing. Cool. You know, it just makes everything that much better. We did our we we're, we're putting a lot of money back into the property. Yep. Uh, so that everybody can come and enjoy themselves and not worry about anything. You're there to get away, right? We're at sure. a resort first. We got that beautiful pool, mm-hmm. the jacuzzi. Everybody say it. I've jacuzzi. Been, been there. Right, right. That big outdoor jacuzzi, right? So that's a lot of fun, right? You get all that right next to our full-service spa. Yep. It's like, hey, what do you need to get away? Of course, there's the gaming. We, I think everybody knows sure. that. But it's all those other little touches. We just added Ruth Chris to the property. Tremendous. Tremendous. It's a reason to get out of the house. Right? Yes. It's a beautiful uh, uh, spot there to come have a great meal. And uh, their service is off the charts, as yeah. everybody knows. And their food is amazing. But we have so much to offer. Ascend, 
We built that with our sports book, right? We put retail in there. You have online with Eagle Casino and Sports to make it easy. Yes. You don't have to leave the home, right? Right. Uh, Soaring Eagle's right there in your hand, whether you want to make place a bet or just play your favorite game. Yeah. You have it wherever you want to be. And what I... And we'll continue to do that. Sure. And and I think that that constant reimagining what what is going to make you better than everybody else, I think that's big. Thank Um, you. You you also um, benefit from being in this community. And I know that you are are all very community-centric. Yes. And and certainly you do have people that come from different regions or or different places in the Midwest. Uh, You talked about the shows being a, a huge draw for that. Yes. But... Um, but locally, probably around this time, too, I mean, this spot is so great this time of year. The leaves are, are even now starting to change. So you're getting a, a whole new group of tourism coming up, football season with Central Michigan. Oh, yeah. It's a it's an exciting time, and, and making sure that you're putting a good foot forward for people maybe that haven't been there or, or have heard about – uh, soaring eagle and maybe haven't been and they come and they're like oh my gosh this place is unbelievable so having it's it's very interconnected community here it's a small community but but everybody is rowing in the same direction <laughs> I, I believe so and i uh, and we're all speaking to each other yeah i think that's the that, key. is that communication important? yeah yeah that definitely is i mean hence i'm here today right yeah uh, but uh, we have a great relationship with central we're doing our our coaches show in ascend from 7 to 8 With on Jim Thursdays. Yep. Awesome. So uh, come out and check us out on Thursdays. Cool. 7 to 8 over there. Fire up chips. Fire up, yes. And so, uh, you know, the games are big for us. Homecoming they got coming sure. up. That's big. But we're all kind of speaking mm-hmm. and saying, hey, what are you guys doing? How you how you doing moving? What do you see? How can we get more people to the community? Yeah. And everybody is down to serve the people that show up. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. I think hospitality is key mm-hmm. in, this, in, in this area. And I think everybody delivers on it, as he does here at Mount Towns, Camille's, all that. Jim does a great job. Everybody kind of delivers and walks out, like you say, rowing in the same direction. I like yeah. that. And I think you'll find everybody in the community doing that. We'll talk to Jim Holton coming up, uh, the the owner of Mountain Town Station. We'll, yeah. we'll talk to him coming up. Um, but but you guys do so much even outside the lodging, even outside the spa and mm-hmm. the casino. I mean, you, you host a lot of really fun stuff. You've got a Halloween party coming up. You've yeah. got the 80s-themed parties coming up. Um, it, it, again, listening to people, what they want, and, and other ways to enjoy themselves, I think is cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about Fright Night, right, for uh, Halloween. Yeah. October 28th, 1000 bucks premium play. That's $1,000. Dress up. You might win it. That's pretty cool. It's We're, very cool. Yeah, New Year's Eve, our, our 80s Rewind. Everybody likes an 80s Rewind. I can think of a gazillion different movies. Or my, yeah. Some cl- it's classics, if you sure. ask me, right? Uh, but dress up. Come as a couple. Yeah. Win 1000 bucks New Year's Eve. So let's not go out and just have drinks and have a good time and have the toast. We're going to do all that. We're going to have a live band. It's going to yep. be great. But maybe you're walking away with $1,000 in premium play. Yeah. And, and you had fun, right? Yeah. It's a boot. And uh, you're going to stay at a great property that cares that you're there. And I think that's kind of what we deliver. And I think you'll find that in our Eagle Casino and Sports. I think you'll find that with uh, our concerts, like I said. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm touching on everything that the guests are asking for. We try to make uh, that a deliverable. Well, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Thank you. It is an absolute destination. Uh, Tim McCullough, the fun governor. That's at right. Soaring Eagle Casino Resort. Good to see you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate We've got to take a break. Uh, more coming on JR Afternoon. We are live on the WJR Fall Tour, live from Mountain Town Station in Mount Pleasant. Got to take a break. Welcome back to more JR Afternoon on WJR, live from Mount Pleasant. This broadcast is sponsored by the Mount Pleasant Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mount Pleasant, a perfect destination for all your fall travel. Once again, 
Chris Renwick. Live from Mountain Town Station here in Mount Pleasant. It's great to have you. And I got to tell you, uh, Michelle Sponseller joins us. She's the Downtown Development Director with the City of Mount Pleasant. It's great to see you. First Thanks time. for having us. I've, uh, I've coined a new phrase. All right, let's hear it. It's not trademarked, oh. so you do what you want with it. Oh, okay. Up north vibe without the drive. <gasps> I like it. Put it I on like shirts, it. hats, do whatever you want with it. <laughs> My gift to you. But it, it's true. Um, because I, I, I was driving up last night, and you know you, there are uh, different cider places along 127, mm-hmm. and yes. then you get into town, and there's just so much to do. Today we went over to to Buckley's, uh, the canoe place, yes, which is awesome. It is. It's a great spot, and it's right on the river. And you hop in a boat, you, away you go. You know, yep, away you go. It's great. We, we went to Papa's Pumpkin Patch. Yes, got to have the donuts. We, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, the pumpkins are great, but the donuts are We got a better. pumpkin. <laughs> I, got, I got some donuts. I haven't, I haven't had them yet. Oh, wait till you do. So I'm excited for that. I got to eat them before I get home because of the kids. Oh, yeah. Five and no one. I got, no, no, no. I gotta, we, we, gotta, we won't tell them you took any. Yes. <laughs> and then we went to Deerfield, the nature park. Deerfield Park is, is really a jewel. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what almost six hundred acres. It is huge. It's yes. huge. Yes. There is. I mean, what I find to be really cool about this place, aside for us in Metro Detroit, where you know we we've got some spots that are you know up northy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but here it's like, well, you don't have to go too far. Right. You don't have to go are, to the bridge to get the feel correct. of an up north. And vibe. and you get all the amenities of whether it's the casino or the school or whatever, everything's here. You, you've got, not only do you have the Four Seasons, which is great, and the, the leaves are already starting to turn, which is yeah, very cool. Are. <laughs> but but you, you, there, there's just so many different options for people. Well, it, it, one of the things I've coined, it, it, I grew up here, moved away to the Metro Detroit area, okay. so and then ended up coming back. Now, if you told me I was going to relocate to my hometown, I would have laughed at you 20 years ago, but here I am. We're, we're in the center of it all. Like, geographically speaking, yeah. we're in the center of it all, but we're in the center of all sorts of things to do. I mean, from where we are right now, three and a half miles, you're at the casino. You want to see a major act in the summer or in the winter, quite frankly. Yeah. I, you are three and a half miles, and from Metro Detroit, you're, what, two and a half hours? Yeah, less than maybe, that. It took me right? less than two yeah. hours to get up here. Yeah, it's, it, we are literally in the center of it all. So, How, how much work goes in... Um, and, and I was talking to Tim McCullough over at Soaring Eagle just a couple minutes ago, but, but and, and he said that there's so much communication that happens between all these different entities in Mount Pleasant. Yes. And I have to imagine that there's a lot of work that goes into that, but when everybody has the same vision, when everybody shares the same goals, it, it, it can be taxing, but it, it's got to be easy in the sense that everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to draw more people to the area and everybody wants everybody that's here to love that they're here and be excited that they're here with everything that's going on. Yes, we have a great relationship with both the Saginaw Chippewa Indian Tribe, Central Michigan University, Mid-Michigan College, our businesses in and around, not just downtown, but our what we call our commercial corridor. We, we learned a long time ago, None of us will succeed without the other pieces. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a mosaic, a tapestry. I yeah. know, you know, very symbiotic. Yeah, it yeah. is because we all need one another to be at a hundred percent. Sure. 
for us to be successful. Yeah. And so when you're trying to do it on your own, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, our businesses downtown do well mm -hmm. when the casino has uh, a major concert going on or a comedian that's there, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, or when there's a football game, whatever it is, like we are successful when they're successful. Yeah. So it just makes sense to work together. Well, and for me, like I've got, I, I said I've got uh, two kids, five and almost two, and I, I look at things through a different prism in, in sure. a lot of senses because I've got the, the, the little ones. And I'm just like, there's so much. I could bring them up here. We could spend a weekend up here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much to do. Sure. And, and I think that, that even then, uh, then I'm like, well, my wife and I could come up here too. And we could do a whole different set of things. So yes. it's like whether you're a, a couple, whether you've got a young family, whether you've got teenagers, whatever it is, there is something for everybody here. There is, absolutely. It is very true. And, you know, earlier we, we just happened to be uh, talking before we were on air, and I just said a lot of times we don't do a great job of telling our, our story and bragging about ourselves. We Brag! Sort of fly under the I know. you got to do we it. We need to do a better job of that. Well, you know, I, there's but, so many things here that people can do, and not just in the city, in the county. But like, you know what? This is, I feel tour. like that's a very, that's a very, like, Midwest Michigan is, thing. Isn't it true? Like, we're very humble. We don't want to <laughs> yeah, bra But right. when you've got the goods... Let's talk about it. And, and you know what? Michigan as a whole, whether it's, you know, below the bridge, above, you know, in the UP, yeah. we really are poised to be winners in the next 10, 20 years. I Great. know there's a lot of discussion about population and the changes, but we are posed, uh, poised as a state uh, because we have so many offerings. We do have four seasons mm -hmm. of activity and things to do. If snow is your thing, <laughs> but, I mean, where does it end? I right. mean, you can you can ski, snowshoe, whatever it is, or if summer's your your feel, boating is your thing, or canoeing like we yeah. have here locally, whatever it might be. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. And and there's what what I what I find to be most valuable, especially in a in a in a community like Mount Pleasant, there's always so much thought into the future. What else yes. can we do? How do we get better? How do we attract mm -hmm. more? And and whether it's you know, the, the new places to live downtown. You got the downtown spots. I, I, I do want to talk about the downtown center, though, the, the, oh, the, the yeah, reconstruction, because, center, again, yeah. it's it's forward progress. It is. It is. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I'm a historian and architectural nerd by, by just happenstance, but um, one of the things that our downtown has needed for a number of years is civic space. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to have a courthouse square, but, you know, it, the courthouse expanded, so that goes away. Sure. We've, we've held events, you know, sometimes, <laughs> whether we want to or not, in the street. So we closed streets for a number of things. Right. Not just parades, but our big Christmas event. So we had an opportunity, and I say an opportunity because Nobody likes to have to redo a parking lot. The infrastructure costs are crazy, and it's kind of boring. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a parking sure. lot. But we took this as an opportunity to say, okay, well, can it be something more than just a parking lot? So what we're doing is uh, increasing this green space into civic space. Uh, so placemaking is, is a buzzword in and around mm -hmm. the state and also throughout the country. Um, so this is going to give us an opportunity for having that third space where you, you're you going to go grab a cup of coffee. You're going to grab some lunch. Yep. Well, where do I go to, to sit? So it's... It's like an urban pocket park, essentially, is what it is. And on top of it, we're also going to be increasing parking because, you know, work smarter, not harder. No doubt. And then uh, electrical car charging stations are going to be a part of it. Huge. Public restrooms. So when we have activities, one of our, our summer events that we love is we have a craft beer festival. 
and it's <laughs> yeah i know right what? Beer, yes you can't go wrong with that live music all the things so now we're going to have this wonderful space in order to do it and yeah so if you live in and around downtown which we have more housing now we have a building just next door from where we are yep 47 new apartments it's absolutely magnificent but we hope to have more of that sure you know because urban living walking to different places that is the it's so much more desirable now. it is yeah it, it is. is it is whether whether you're uh, 18 28 or 78 yeah what we hear is we want more of that so we're bringing it to them if you have if there is one thing that people have to come up for and, and, and particularly this time of year okay what what is it oh boy just Oh, you're really putting me on the on the. And I don't know, same one because I don't have much time left. Oh, I know. I'm I'm gonna say try out our local restaurants. Okay. It, it true, it truly. We have close to 20 options just downtown that wow. are locally owned. Yeah. They're not chains. I mean, if you want fine dining, we have options for you. If sushi's your jam, we got you. And we have some really unique places. We have a wonderful Korean restaurant downtown now, uh, Dog Central. It's like every kind of gourmet hot dog you could possibly imagine. Really? Yeah, yeah. Even our coffee houses are not just coffee houses pleasant city ponder uh, either one of those they have amazing food one is known for um waffles and then the other is known for crepes so whatever you're wh- oh Love yeah, me some yeah, crepes. yeah oh yeah oh but it's like a fancy pancakes yeah <laughs> little thin little fancy pancakes fancy pancakes well yeah. it, 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 that. it's very exciting and this is a very exciting time i think up in mount pleasant especially as we get in towards the the fall uh michelle sponseller thank you so much thank you so much appreciate for you having me. us up here and, hey. and uh we're gonna beat the drum we'll beat Excellent. the drum of mount pleasant absolutely Let's do it. come back and, and we'll show you around cool we got to take a break more coming up next as we continue on our wjr fall tour right here on jr afternoon welcome back to our wjr fall tour it's great to have you we are live in mount pleasant from the mountain town station it's a it, it, first of all i have eaten here before it's a great spot and I actually wasn't even totally aware of the history of this location until Tim Holton was sitting here talking to me about it. He's the owner. It's good to see you, first of all. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's a great spot, and the history is very cool. What was this building? Yeah, so this was built in 1884 as a train depot, the Ann Arbor Toledo Train Depot. And this was the main means of transportation uh-huh. and for goods and services to come up to the, each community that it serviced all the way through, up from Owasso, Lansing, all the way up to Frankfurt, Michigan. So uh, that service passed away. Uh, the passenger service got done around the 50s and 60s. Automobiles took over. Mm-hmm. So then it really became freight from there. Okay. Uh, and then, again, trucking took over that, and the freight service really kind of wind- uh, whittled down to about uh, 1975, 1980. The building then was shuttered, okay. and that was it. And so it was an abandoned building when we uh, had a vision to take a look at it to make it a brew pub and restaurant. All right. So you bought the facility in in nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. Yes. What were you? So you're 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 from the Metro Detroit ish area. Yes. You're you're yes. you're the Livingston County area. Mm-hmm. Well, how how did you end up in in Mount Pleasant? Yeah. So I came to school, uh, Central Michigan University, and okay. I was going to be uh, a weatherman. I wanted to be a meteorologist for aviation. So oh, cool. I wanted to route planes around storms. Yeah. And things like that. And uh, someone handed me a beer that didn't look light in color. And I said, what is this? And they said, well, it's a craft beer. I brewed it in my, my basement of my home. Boom. There goes my ideas of, of brewing <laughs> beer myself and started brewing beer in my dorm room. And uh, At Central? Yeah, at Central, yes. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I could say that now because I think it's <laughs> the statute of limitations have passed at this point in time. And, uh, yeah, and, and my folks took me to a brewery uh, in Illinois, and I loved the tanks, the copper kettles. All yes. that stuff fascinated me. And I said, how about doing something like this in Mount Pleasant? 
and that was the idea that was born with Mountain Town Station, Brew Pub, and Steakhouse. I, I, I got to just backtrack a second, because you're brewing beer in yes. your dorm room. Mm-hmm. How, how did that how are you doing that? It's simple. Just get some empty bottles, flip-top Grolsch bottles. You buy some extract, buy some sugar, you throw it in there together, and all of a sudden two weeks later you got yourself a nice brown ale, which is wonderful. Did you have to do this under the covert, you know, oh, gosh, uh, yes. under cover of night? Oh, like, how it, did... it was in my closet. It was covered with blankets, and then I made a mistake. I put too much corn sugar in the beer itself. That made natural carbonation, and the bottles popped open and drained into the dorm room down below. Oh. Then I received the old phone call. And we need to talk about this. And uh, we were able to have a great discussion, and we couldn't do that any longer in the dorm rooms. Not a, not something they wanted any longer. So that ended my brewing career, at least on the campus of Central Michigan yeah, right. University. So then you just moved it a few miles down I the did. road. Yeah, rented a place, and away we go. So it, uh, how when you bought the place, it was it was in yes, shambles. It was awful. And yes. and it, you you remodeled it mm-hmm. pretty quick. A time about a year yeah, we took a year um how has it changed over the years in terms of the offerings that, that you've got yeah palates have changed so much the allergies that people have nowadays have changed so much gluten intolerances mm-hmm. so we've really had to adapt our menus uh for the people and what they want to eat what we can safely you know provide them for food even beers have changed you know um you'll see a lot of seltzers now coming online those are gluten free mm-hmm. Uh, lower calories, those type of things. So people's palates are changing, and I've always said we need to adapt and keep moving forward to changing palates. Well, uh, you've got a lot of great stuff here. I think I've had the Scotch eggs. Yes, you should. That which are twenty-seven marvelous. years we've had them on. So really, yeah, yeah, tens of thousands we have gone through of Scotch eggs. Oh, do you make all of them fresh? That's fresh. Yeah, homemade. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, we don't have chickens. That's the only thing we don't have in the I whole mean, okay, mix. That, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, we don't have our coops that's out there, but we have everything else. I so. did see Did I see a smoker out back? You did. Yeah, so we have some fun with that. The chef will do some smoked meats and things like that. Uh, we have a, a restaurant attached to Mountain Town Station called Camille's Prime. Okay. That is our, our high-end restaurant, okay. and he'll do some really good wine dinners with smoked meat, smoked wild game, things like that. And it just gives a different feel for people to come in and want to try something different. You, I also, we're, we, we actually are sitting... Right by the, uh, by the yeah, wood the, fire pizza oven, the wood yeah. fire pizza oven, yeah. which is my jam. Yes. I, I got to tell you, it's great, and I and I think I've had the pizza here too. Um, in, in terms of of the importance of the community, mm-hmm. um, you've obviously been a staple for a very long time. What 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 do you what what input do you take from your customers in terms of just the evolution of the business? Yeah, our local base is our lifeblood, plain and simple. Yes, we have a lot of out of town guests that come in to our community, whether they're gambling, golfing, and doing other recreational items. But our locals, they're our staple. And so we need to provide great food and great service. Can't be good. It's got to be great. Because we have a lot of great restaurants in this community, a lot of great independently owned restaurants. In competition, breeds a better operator. Mm -hmm. And so I'm better, they're better, the customer wins. And that's what we want. I love a good competitive market where the customer is getting something that they can't get elsewhere. Or we can be on top of the game, so they're getting it better, and that's our main goal. Well, and look, it, it, it's not a secret that you know the, the restaurant industry is very hard, yes. and it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, how how valuable is it, and and the the type of atmosphere you have with your staff? Uh, what 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 does that create for this company? Yeah, sure. So culture is everything. Yeah. You know, it's just it's my leadership style that transcends down through management, transcends then down through the staff themselves. And if you can build that great relationship, it shows with the guest. If your help is happy, your guests are happy, and that's how it works. My, you know, they always say guests are number one. True, but my employees are number one first. Yeah. I want them protected. I want them to make a great living here. 
and then that they'll give great customer service to our guests, and that makes the whole culture. Well, and then coming out of a tough, you know, yeah. last few years. Yeah, it, it was tough. It was it was mm-hmm. tough for a lot of people. Yeah, it's different. It, the, the customers are different, staff are different, and we're just adapting to it. That's all we yeah. can do. Yeah. So did you ever uh, get up in the aviation meteorologist <laughs> space? Did it ever come to fruition? Never did. Or did this place just keep you too busy? It. it was differential equations and a bunch of other studies that uh, didn't go well for me. And uh, so I ended up getting a Bachelor of Science in Economics and Business oh. Administration oh, well, there from you CMU. Go. So Probably paid off a little better. I put better. it to good use still, and I decided to open up a, a small business now. And we've expanded, obviously. We have Mountain Town. We have Camille's Prime. Yep. Summit Smokehouse, which is our smokehouse and microbrewery. Where's that at? That's just west of town. Here. Oh, okay, cool. Yep, just the town because we, we want to do more smoked meats out there. Yeah. i got a place in Elma, Michigan, just south of here. i got a place in St. John's. And so just small places, but bringing our culture down to these places and the cuisine and the communities have been awesome to work with. With the food scene changing in mm-hmm. Michigan, I mean, it, I mean, you go all around this state. The offerings are good. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mentioned it's competitive, but, but how has the changing, and, and there, even the perception of, you know, different chefs around the world, mm-hmm. how has that changed the, the restaurant food industry in Michigan? TV has done so many different things to restaurants. You know, you see crazy chefs yelling and screaming and throwing dishes and things like that, and they're not far off, basically, <laughs> to the real-life <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Now, we're not a yelling and screaming sure. restaurant type of thing. Uh, but, you know, people, they, they expect better food nowadays. If you're going to spend the money you're spending now on items because they're so expensive because of inflation, mm-hmm. you better do it right, whether it's a cheeseburger and fries or all the way down to a tenderloin with crab legs. You can't skimp. You can't. Yeah, you can't skimp. And so my philosophy is buy the best ingredients you can. It's going to be more expensive, but do it right the first time or don't do it at all. The guests demand it, and they should have the best stuff. I'm charging for it, so it better be good. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a healthy way to look at it. I, 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 I find it uh, heartening, especially, like I said, over the last couple of years, things were tough. Um, but I, it's, I, I think when you've got a good product, mm-hmm. people know it. And people respect now more than ever when, you're, when, when all your ducks are in your row inside. I think that's a that's a really positive for the community. Good food, good service, good atmosphere. They're going to come, and they're going to come and enjoy your restaurant. And you have to have all that. Hospitality is not a department. It's a feeling when you walk through that door and that hostess greets you. It's when you get in my parking lot. What does the building look like? Yeah. How clean are the bathrooms? How clean is the restaurant? Have you been greeted friendly? Is your meal nice? The atmosphere good? Are you warm too cold? Is the music too loud? Things like that. Is that uh, a trait you knew you, you had, that you no. needed for this business, or is that just years of experience and, yeah. and yeah. learning through it? Yeah, again, I was a brewer. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't know. You the still like to brew? I still love to brew. Yeah, I don't do it as much anymore just because I'm too busy with yeah. the restaurants themselves, the business, or being on the radio station. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. Well, if you ever need a taste tester, let me know. I can definitely make that happen for you <laughs> on all aspects, beer and food. <laughs> Good stuff. Jim Holton, the owner of Mountain Town Station, who's uh, the uh, gracious host today for us. It's great to see you. Great, great to meet to you. you. Thanks for being here in my place. Yeah. Well, we've got to take a break. More coming up next on JR Afternoon. Live from Mount Pleasant, this is JR Afternoon with Chris Renwick on 760 WJR. Sponsored today by the Mount Pleasant Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Inviting you to experience fall in central Michigan. Visit meetmtp.com. Here's Chris. Welcome in 3 o'clock hour. It's good to have you with us. We got a lot to do still in this hour. And look, there, there are a lot of really good locations all across this state. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. If you want to experience fall in Michigan, you got a plethora of choices. Uh, you got to give Mount Pleasant a shot here. I mean, the, 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 this area at this time of year, and, and it's only going to get better 
in the coming weeks as the leaves really start to turn. But but there are a lot of really exciting things happening in this town. And and, and we, we were popping around at different locations today. We went to Papa's Pumpkin Patch, which is a, a great spot. You know, for me, Jake, Henry, little kids, you, you could spend a whole lot of time there. They've got chickens walking around, apples. They got donuts and cider. They got pumpkins and a lot of interactive things for kids to do. Um, and and uh, again, if as the weeks go on, you need a pumpkin, it's a place to go. We also went to Deerfield Nature Park, which is I mean, it, it, almost 600 acres of of different things to do. They got a suspension bridge. They've got disc golf. They've got sledding hills. Uh, again, just a really cool spot to take kids, family, or if you want to just go on a hike with your significant other, it's there for you too. And then we went to, to Buckley's Mountainside Casinos, or excuse me, Canoes, which is another great spot. I mean, they've got right along the river. You get in a canoe or a kayak, you launch right in, and away you go. Uh, they, they've got different uh, routes for you to take. It, it's a very cool spot. So if you haven't considered Mount Pleasant as a destination in the fall, winter, uh, there's a lot to do up here. We are broadcasting live from the Mountain Town Station uh, restaurant here in Mount Pleasant. Um, lots of great offers. I've eaten here a, a couple of different times, and the food is great. And it's one of many great locations here in Mount Pleasant. Um, but how about that Lions win last night? Absolutely unbelievable. And and if you want to continue to say that, you know, the Lions are the same old Lions or or – or this team still has something to prove. I mean, look, this is a different team. It's a different organization. There is a different mentality with this team. Uh, they've now beaten the Green Bay Packers four consecutive times. And I, I, I believe uh, uh, this was David Montgomery's first win against Green Bay, spent his uh, or, uh, first part of his career in Chicago. Uh, they get a big win last night on the road at Lambeau Field, 34-20, to 20, a statement win. And now all of, all of these games uh, will run through Detroit. You want to win this division, you're going to have to contend with that team that plays at Ford Field. Suffocating defense in that first half. Uh, they went on a scoring blitz in the first two quarters. Uh, very exciting. And this is a team and an organization that has never won the NFC North since realignment in 2002. So th- this team is set to do some really big things. They get 10 days of rest and relaxation. They're going to have to to rest a couple of guys, make sure that they stay healthy. But the sky's really the limit. And national love that the Detroit Lions have been getting over the last 12 hours is, is very exciting, too. Uh, meanwhile, Ethan Crumbly, the Oxford High School shooter, eligible to spend the rest of his life in prison. That according to Oakland County Judge Kwame Brown. Crumbly faces a sentence of either life without parole in terms of years, which must be a minimum of 25 to 40 and a maximum of 60 with the possibility of parole. Now, Crumbly did have to go through a Miller hearing, which uh, he had to go through because he's a minor, to determine if he's eligible to serve life in prison, and Judge Kwame Brown made that decision today. Day 15 of the UAW strikes, President Sean Fain announced additional targeted strikes uh, as the negotiations continue with the big three, we'll get into that more momentarily. The Tigers today also announcing that Miguel Cabrera, this is his last few games here this weekend. His final game is on Sunday. Miguel Cabrera will be staying with the organization as a special assistant 
to Scott Harris, the president of baseball operations. And as one of the best to ever do it, I mean, one of the best hitters uh, we will ever see. And I don't just mean here in Detroit. I mean across Major League Baseball. The fact that he's going to continue to stay on in, in, a, in, a, in an assistant role, an advisory role, I think is very exciting. He obviously uh, has loved his time in Detroit, and, and most of his accolades, aside from a World Series, have come from being in Detroit. So it, it's very cool, obviously bittersweet. Miggy is not the same player as he was you know, a decade ago. But this is a, a, a guy who is so good, so talented, did things that we've never seen before, and the fact that he's staying on it, it it's very cool. All right, the United Auto Workers expanding that strike. As I mentioned, they're targeting General Motors and Ford Motor Company. Stellantis is untouched. WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne reports, while the UAW president spoke to members today, the Ford Motor Company also weighed in on the ongoing discussions. Marie Osborne joins us. Hi, Marie. Hi, Chris. We got a peek behind the curtain thanks to the Ford Motor Company today and their CEO, Jim Farley. We'll talk about that first uh, in a moment. But first, let's talk about those plants today that were targeted, adding about 7,000, 7,500 workers to the picket lines uh, for the UAW. Sean Fain saying that workers at GM's Lansing Delta Township Assembly uh, and Ford's Chicago Assembly plant in Illinois are now on strike as well. This is part of that rolling strike uh, strategy that the union has rolled out from the very beginning. At the Delta Township plant, they build the uh, Buick Enclave and the Chevy Traverse, very popular vehicles. Chicago Assembly uh, has the Ford Explorer and the Lincoln Aviator, another, uh, the Ford Explorer, a hugely successful vehicle for Ford. So this will ma- this will matter to the Ford Motor Company. Sean Fain said they've been working night and day to get a deal, but there hasn't been meaningful progress at Ford and GM, so that's why they were targeted during this round. Uh, this makes about 25,300 workers that are now out on strike uh, for the UAW. That's about, uh, they have approximately 146,000 members at the Detroit Three. Uh, Fain added that there is momentum in talks with Stellantis, saying that they've reached uh, some agreement on issues like the cost of living and the plant closures. And because of that progress, Stellantis was not considered or targeted uh, this week for any more closures. Now, what we learned today was interesting from the Ford Motor Company's uh, uh, CEO, Jim Farley, and he had key members of his uh, negotiating team and his management team there with him as they spoke to reporters. Farley criticized the union for this targeted strike strategy, says he feels like these actions are uh, premeditated, and he insinuated that the union was never really interested in reaching a deal before September 14th. That was the original deadline. One of the sticking points now that we've learned about is this issue of the battery plants. Ford, in fact, has four of them uh, that are in the works. He says that uh, Farley said, I believe we can reach a compromise on pay and benefits, but so far the UAW is holding uh, the deal hostage over battery plants, and we need to point out that the battery plants are considered uh, really a wild card issue because these plants again, haven't been built, but they can't legally be included in the current talks because they're joint venture facilities. Farley also said the issue of EVs has become a political football. He says that's a real shame. 
And Chris Farley added that Ford's profit margins are thin, not at record levels, which is, of course, what the UAW has been touting all along, that they want to share in the record profits of these auto companies. And, and they have been doing well over the last couple of years. I, I, I think that with the UAW, and, and this is my opinion, what, what they, I don't know if they don't see or maybe they don't care, but... When you're making this transition, there is a lot of investment that is needed. And whether that's creating new battery facilities or, you know, outfitting like Ford did with the Rouge plant to, to, to build the F-150 Lightning. I mean, it, it is a different setup that you need. And so there is a lot of upfront costs. And I think we've heard from, you know, Mary Barra and, and, and Jim Farley, certainly, that if they want to be competitive going into the future as this this change in in the automobile happens to electrification they need the flexibility and the ability to to stay nimble i guess and and but but from the UAW perspective is you know we're we're basically making the same per hour that the the, the automakers were paying out as they were in 2011 after the concessions that they made in 2008's recession so I think you're seeing both sides of the coin. What is what else also interesting, Marie, is the UAW are fighting, and you mentioned it, to have a stake and union representation in these battery plants. And Jim Farley says we're still years away from that even discussion, but the UAW knows that there's going to be less people needed to build these cars, but they want a seat at that table now. Exactly. Now, uh, when you're talking about investment, the auto's investments in EV technology, Ford mentioning today in that press conference that theirs is, uh, their projected uh, input into the EV market will be about $50 billion. It's huge. And they, they make the case that, look, we're going to make this investment, and the investment also means that people will benefit, workers right. will benefit from that investment. This isn't just you know, something we're going to do. This is an investment and the workers will benefit from it. But, you know, whether they can actually do that at the table and make that point clear at the table is another story. 7,000 more people added to that strike today brings it to north of 25,000. We'll continue to watch it. Marie Osborne, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we got to take a break. We are live at Mountain Town Station in Mount Pleasant for the WJR Fall Tour. We'll take a break, come back for more on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us here on the WJR Fall Tour, live from Mount Pleasant and the Mountain Town Station Restaurant. It is a wonderful spot. If you get a chance to get up here, uh, you got to make this a priority. But there's a lot to do up here, and obviously this time of year, the leaves are changing. And look, it's not that far away. I mean, it's you know, it took me less than two hours to get up here yesterday. So it, it's a great spot to be in, and I, I'd encourage you uh, to, to get up here. Uh, in the meantime, Lions with a big win last night. We'll, we'll talk to Lomas Brown, but I, I was particularly excited by the way the defense played. And, I mean, that first half they were absolutely suffocating. I don't even think that the Packers had 20 yards of offense in that first half. And and the way that that they were able to generate pressure, the way that they were able to to get to to Jordan Love was impressive. And yes, I understand that David Bakhtiari, one of their offensive linemen, out. They were dealing with injuries. Well, welcome to the NFL. We were too. You know, we're, we're, we're without a lot of guys. And, and, you know, Taylor Decker was banged up the last couple of weeks, hadn't even played. So this is the NFL. This is life in big boy football. 
and this team is different. I mean, the 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 way the the the, the mental makeup, the physical makeup, they are a different team, a different organization. They have depth, and and the offense yesterday. I again, you can't say enough about because there are a lot of guys that are banged up. I mean, there was a, a real question that that. David Montgomery was going to miss multiple games. I mean, a, a big chunk of the season. Came back, carried the ball, ran for over 100 yards, and had three touchdowns. I mean, really impressive showing. And and Jared Goff throwing that interception on the first drive and then coming back and leading the offense to, to three touchdown drives, it, it is absolutely huge. And the young guys, the, these these rookies that are making significant impacts on this team, is very cool. It's very exciting. And this is what, if you want to look at the success that organizations have had, whether it's in Seattle, whether it's in uh, Kansas City, New Orleans, uh, uh, New England, what they do is they build through the draft. And when you've got a staff of scouts and a GM that gets it, knows what you're looking for to fit your system, you're going to find players in the draft. And whether that's early, the Jameer Gibbs, the Jack Campbells, uh, the Brian Branches, the Sam Laportas, or later on in the drafts, late round picks, you know, guys like uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo. I mean, those guys are are valuable. The the Sorsdahl kid out of Williams and Mary, late round pick. Played significant snaps last week, so I, I think that this is we we are seeing the operation of a real NFL football team, and it's very exciting. And you know what, Lions fans have have yearned for they they have they have been begging for this for years, and now we get to enjoy it. So it's very exciting. Day fifteen of the UAW strikes, and and we have been talking about this for for a while, and and. Uh, I don't even really want to get into all the the nitty gritty in terms of what the UAW wants, but what they do want more than anything is they want to have a say. They want they want to make sure that their jobs are secure when the switch to electrification really kicks into high gear. And right now, the market demand isn't there. There are vehicles available; people aren't buying them. Okay, fine. But when these companies are making these types of investments. And 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 we I think we understand. I think the the consensus is it's going to take less people to build electric cars. Okay. Well, that means that the UAW is going to have to fight and scrap for every single job at these facilities. And all the way down the the, the supply chain line, whether it's suppliers, uh, parts companies, whatever it is, they are going to need a spot at the table. And when we have seen the decline of the rank and file of UAW members as the years have gone on, well, it, it could be happening again, and that's a huge sticking point. Now, of all the things that they're asking for, now, the UAW isn't going to work a 32-hour week and get paid for 40 hours. That is a negotiation tactic. But Sean Fain, by him coming out today, and adding more to the list because these companies and the UAW, according to Sean Fain, haven't progressed enough in these negotiations, in these talks. It, 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 I tend to maybe agree with, with Jim Farley when he says that maybe these are 
preconceived notions. Maybe the UAW went into these discussions knowing that they were going to strike, knowing that they were going to hold out for a certain amount of time because the offers that are on the table are historic. They are, they are large. And so why wouldn't the UAW take it? Well, maybe because they've got, they've got already a plan laid out and we just don't know what that line is. We don't know where that line is for the UAW and the automakers, for both of them, for both. The fact that, well, maybe they need to get to 30%. Maybe they need to get to 35%. Do they feel like they're going to get all 46% of a, of a wage hike? Probably not. Are they going to get everything they want with wage tiers and COLA and, and pensions? Maybe not. But I, we don't know what that line is. And, and here's where the rank and file are going to find themselves as the as the the these negotiations linger and go on and the 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 strike fund diminishes well then the, the then the automakers and the UAW rank and file are going to have to look themselves in the mirror and say okay well where's what do we need to do here because we can't be off forever and we are entering the third week day 15 it is it is an important time in these negotiations, in these talks. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this thing goes, where this thing, where this thing takes these negotiations, because the, the automakers are making pretty strong offers. And, and look, I know a lot of you are UAW members. And I, I agree that you never really got back to where you needed to be after 2011. After you made those concessions in 2008, you never got back to where you needed to be. You're, you're essentially, if, if you look at how much the auto companies spend on you per hour, it's about $66 an hour. That's wage, that's benefits, that's the whole nine. That's about what it was in 2011. So union members say, well, hold on a second, because the industry is different. You're making more money. They look at the top, which I don't necessarily agree with, and how much the C-level suites make. They're, they think there's more to go around. The automakers are making big-time investments into electric vehicle production. They say that they are making competitive offers and the UAW isn't taking the bait. So that's where we're at. And now you've got 7,000 more people being added to the picket line. 7,000 more people are going to start drawing from that strike fund, and it's going to, to, to whittle away. And then that's where the rubber meets the road. Then where does the rank and file want this thing to end is it over two percent three percent four percent is it a cola is it you know the tears i don't know but we're going to continue to watch it because it's it's obviously incredibly important not only economically but it's incredibly important to us locally because we're, we're the motor city meanwhile out in washington the fight over the spending bill continues a group of GOP hardliners joined Democrats in sinking the House Republican stopgap funding bill. We talked to Tim Wahlberg yesterday, and and he said that there is no appetite in the House for a stopgap stop package. No, none at all. And that's because you lose leverage. If you kick the can down the road and the Republicans have the leverage now, they don't want to give it away. And they're looking at a number of additions to this bill, whether it's uh, it, it, uh, items to address the border, 
but the, but they're trying to add more things to this as a way of leverage, and uh, they're not having any success. There are a number of Republicans working with Democrats on a bill in a bipartisan effort, but there are a group of Republicans that are, well, they're they're going their own path, and they don't want to give up that leverage. And that we, we are facing a Monday deadline for that. All right, got to take a break here on the WJR Fall Tour. More next here on JR Afternoon. Welcome back to more JR Afternoon on WJR. Live from Mount Pleasant. This broadcast is sponsored by the Mount Pleasant Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mount Pleasant, a perfect destination for all your fall travel. Once again, Chris Renwick. Now look, I've given it away. There's no trademark here. Up north vibe without the drive. I think it would look great on shirts, hats, whatever you want to put it on. It's wonderful because that's really what it is up here. You get you get a very up north feel. It's very reminiscent of any of those towns as you head up north. And look, it's it's under two hours away. It's it, it's really a great spot. And there's so much to do. Whether you're coming up with your wife, your husband, you want to bring the kids, your grandkids. There, there's a lot to do. A lot of great places to eat. A lot of great entertainment destinations, uh, and and there's just the, the the options are endless for you. We we went around. We 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 bought some pumpkins from uh, Papa's Pumpkin Patch. We got some uh, cider and donuts. I gotta make sure I eat those before I get uh, home to the kids. Went to the Deerfield Nature Park. We went over to uh, Buckley's Mountainside Canoes. It, it's a great spot, uh, and we are here live, of course, from Mountain Town Station uh, here in Mount Pleasant. So I urge you. Uh, give Mount Pleasant uh, a, a shot when you're looking for uh, some fall activities. It, it's a, a wonderful Thursday morning, and, and Lomas Brown joins us. Uh, Lo, first of all, great to talk with you. I know you had a great flight home from uh, from Green Bay, and <laughs> yes, and and now um, this team. I don't think there's anybody in the league. I don't think there's anybody in America that watched this team last night and says this is the same old Lions or this team this team is incapable of making it to any level going forward. Playoffs, winning the division, you know, getting to the NFC Championship game, yes, getting to the Super Bowl. It's got to be all on the table for this team, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, again, Chris, uh it's just wonderful to be in the position that we're in, meaning that uh, 3-1, and one, uh, a divisional win against a divisional rival like the Green Bay Packers going to their place and winning the game. And the way we won the game, just convincingly, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I felt that the defense came out and dominated the game from the beginning. Uh, had a little lull in between, uh, but they, they kept their foot on their neck. And, you know, hopefully when the offense kind of catches up with the defense, uh, we'll have a complete team because I think special teams is playing well too. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I, 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 I said the same thing last week. I think Desmond Ritter stinks. And, and, and look, in terms of what – I don't know, Love, I don't know what to tell you. That's just how I feel. And, and Jordan Love, I mean, is a young guy. He, he's had the benefit of sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. But it's different when you're, when you're on the field, when, when you're handling the calls and when you're 
you know, uh, diagnosing defenses and what the front's showing you, what the linebacking core is showing you, and it's a different ball game. You know that, and so when yeah. when when you're when you're facing those bullets in live action, it and and you've got Aiden Hutchinson, Ali McNeil, what a performance last night he yes. put on. I mean, when you yes. got those guys bearing down on you, it's they make it very difficult, and they were they were suffocating in that first half. Absolutely, they were. And don't forget, he got 52 other eyes on them, the guys on his teammates. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a lot different when you're the man and you step into that spotlight position. But the Lions did just what they needed to do last night, which was to make him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do with these young guys, the Desmond Rithers, um, you know, the Jordan Loves. You have to get these young guys uncomfortable early in the game because if you do let them get a rhythm, these guys are just as good as any other guys in the league. So sure. I thought the Lions did a great job. And, Chris, the most impressive thing is we're getting this rush, these prayers, these sex with just our four guys. Yep. We don't have to manufacture a blitz with our linebackers, the safeties, or corners. So that's the I, I get that's the most rewarding thing about watching this defense go out and perform. And as as the kids say, the offense was cooking last night. They were cooking, Lomas. <laughs> and look, here here's the great thing. And, and look, as as great as that offense was last night, as efficient as they were, I think two things really stuck out to me. David Montgomery is banked up. He's hurt. Still rushed for three touchdowns and over 100 yards. That's a gutty performance by a guy that has built his career on getting tough yards, falling forward, and it's going to take more than one guy to bring him down. But even more so, Jared Goff has played really well, coming off that opening inter- opening drive interception and then leading that offense to three consecutive scoring drives. Huge. And then I think what was most understated and underscored last night, because the offense was so proficient in the first half. That drive in the fourth quarter, where they ate minutes, I mean, almost nine minutes yes. off the clock, running the football down their throats, on the road, in Lambeau Field, country watching, and they just pounded the rock. And they absolutely took all the air out of the balloon that Green Bay had. Yeah, that's a lineman's dream there. I mean, uh, what you get in your four-minute offense, what you're going to do is just run the ball. You're going to pound it. You're going to pound it. You're going to pound it because you want to eat that clock. You want to keep those chains moving. That's what you want to do. And like you said, our offensive line, which we knew was one of the strengths of this team coming into the season, those guys perform quite well. And you could just see it when you got everybody in their position, meaning you don't have Panay Sewell over at the left tackle position. When you yep. got them at right, you got Taylor Decker in there. You could just see how much better that offensive line is. They did the job. They protected Jared, like you said. They gave Dave, David and they gave Jameer Gibbs the room they, that, that they needed. And to me, to me, they were the MVPs of the game on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, the defense did what they had to do. Yeah. But on the offensive side of the ball, you got to give it to the offensive and line. And I know you don't like you don't respect guards as much as tackles. I know that, and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I thought Graham Glasgow last night when he was in there was effective, and 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 he's your depth. 
right? He's a depth piece on that offensive line. Sorsdahl, we saw it a week ago. This team is is deep. They've got players in every position that they can count on when it's a next-man-up mentality. I think it's very exciting. Here's the other thing. What we weren't complaining about today, or what you weren't talking about on that broadcast, I'm sure, was... Mm -hmm. You know what? Run that free play after the third quarter comes to an end. Doesn't matter to us. Doesn't matter that Aiden Hutchinson is getting absolutely yeah. mugged on every oh defensive God. snap. Doesn't matter to us because we are just yep. pounding you into oblivion. We don't we don't have to worry about what the referees are doing anymore because this team is capable of overcoming a lot of that nonsense. And think about it, Chris. It's been all year long. Go back to the Kansas City game with the egregious holding. Yep. You know, so it's been bad. It's been calls that haven't been made for the Lions. It's calls that have been going against the Lions that you could kind of scratch your head with. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of calls that that they haven't been getting, man. I mean, period, where they should have been called. So you're right. They've been able to overcome all that. They've been over, able to overcome going on the road and hospital to crowds man so it's been it's been so refreshing to see how this team has just grown and here's the other thing just want to point this out to roger goodell you know scheduling (laughs) too early thursday night games that's brutal that is a brutal schedule and still lions come away out of this first quarter three and one it's very exciting lomas i know you're excited the people are excited all those fans that were in green bay last night were, it was oh. unbelievable. They were excited. It's a very exciting time. Lomas, it's always good to talk with you, my friend. We'll talk again soon. Take care, Chris. Yeah, you got it. That's Lomas Brown, the radio analyst for Detroit Lions Radio and, of course, the co-host of Sports Wrap with Sean Belegian right here on WJR. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon. Welcome back. Good to have you wrapping up our WJR fall tour here in Mount Pleasant. And you can't, you can't, you can't come here. Without a fire up chips, you just can't. You got we we got to have central in the house, and we do. Amy Folan. Now I want to. I I got to get this right. I I want to give the Zizaleski family some love. Amy Folan is the Zizaleski family associate vice president and athletics director. How'd I do? You did great. Good. Lots of love for that Zizaleski family and all they've done for CMU athletics. Yeah. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you for taking some time with us. Thanks for having me. Um, it's an exciting weekend up here. You got a lot of family and friends of students, and it's one of I think the highlights of the experience of you know whether it's Central, Eastern, Western. These schools mean so much to people, and and obviously Central has played such a key role in so many of of our Michigan residents' lives welcoming them back on campus because they've got, you know, sons or daughters that go here now. is It's very cool. It's a very welcoming place. Yeah, I love being a part of this community and this CMU family and living in Mount Pleasant. There's 230,000 Pride alumni, 130,000 in the state of Michigan, and 100,000 beyond. And uh, it is crazy when we go anywhere, wherever you are, if you have on that maroon and gold, you get a fire up chips. Yeah. And so, like you said, a lot of pride, a lot of tradition. What, that's what attracted me here to this university and what a really special community. I mean, this place has been known to have full stadiums and just a lot of school pride and spirit. And uh, like you said, that carries all across the country. And we're proud to do our part in CMA Athletics to tell the story and uh, raise the banner all across the nation and, you know, be on that world stage. 
And, uh, of course, it, it's obviously, you know, it being fall time, it's football season. And, you know, having Jim McElwain here, I, uh, I was down at the, the Mac uh, Media Days down at Ford Field a couple of years ago. And Jim is such a great guy. I mean, such a uh, – he fits – I just – he fits this community so well. And, you know, he brings such a wealth of experience. And, and I, I think that you see some of the production from the, the football team. Um, you see Jim McElwain in – in the play designs or the toughness. And I, I, I think, you know, he's got to be, I imagine, a huge asset to Central. You know, there's no doubt. I think he's been a huge asset. His record shows wherever he's been, uh, be the offensive coordinator at Alabama, the success at Colorado State, be the head coach at Florida. I mean, he's just so well-respected. And you're right, he really fits this community. Yeah. So he's been a leader all across the country and is so well respected in the football community for all that he's done and to be here and leading our team we are really fortunate to have him and Karen who's really the boss here in the Mount Pleasant community well look and, and you've got enough you, your coaching staffs across the border are really high caliber and I, I, I know that you just started the, the the men's golf team a couple of years ago you're also on the, the women's basketball committee uh, as a member there how important is it for Central Michigan to have a seat at the table in a lot of these these big discussions across college athletics. Yeah, you know, we have 17 sports that we're proud of, and the expectation is to be a lead in the MAC, and all we do, and you're right, we are very fortunate, and that's another thing that attracted me here. Just we have our coaches are leaders, yeah. and they're transforming the lives of the young men and women we have, and they're out there every day leading the way, and uh, very proud of our staff and our student athletes and all our teams. We got field hockey going on today, yep. and you know, we've got we had soccer last night, and we got volleyball today, and so. We have uh, football, but we showcase a lot and uh, have a lot of success. And we're, you know, nationally, I think CMU has been on the stage. That's how yeah. I've known about them. I spent a little time in the Midwest from third to eighth grade. But, you know, you know. <laughs> Formidable years. Yes. I mean, even Roy Kramer, you know, he's going to the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame here yeah. in December. And uh, we're just, he, you know, DeLoss Dodds, who I worked for 30 years at Texas, said there's nobody who's done more for college athletics than Roy Kramer. And he yeah. won the 1974 national championship mm -hmm. here at CMU and helped get us into Division One. was yep. Division Two then. And, you know, you're right. The landscape's changing and shifting. But I think the value that CMU has had to the state of Michigan and to college athletics is uh, just such a great tradition and story. And we're working with our partners at Eastern and Western and working with our leaders in Lansing to just this rapidly shifting environment, yeah. do all we can to preserve just this great tradition and make sure in the future that this value proposition that we have of educating a lot of young men and women mm -hmm. next to the GI Bill, college athletics helps more first generation college students than anybody in yeah. this country. So as things shift, we're doing our part as CMU has done to lead the way and make sure we keep that tradition going. And, and, and the MAC has a lot of really strong leadership uh, going all the way up to the top. And, and you're right, the, the landscape is changing. Um, and I don't know that anybody has answers, uh, but, but it, it is certainly changing. Um, you, you talked about what drew you here. You spent 17 years at Texas, right? Um, that's a big-time program, a lot of alumni, a lot of money, a lot of prestige. Um, what did draw you here? What, 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 what was it about either the university or this community? What, what, what was it that, that you said, oh, I'm going to go up to Mount Pleasant? You know, I um, you get called about these things, but I had known the MAC and the strong tradition. I had known CMU had been successful. I think one of the most football championships since it's joined in 1974. And just the women's athletics hosted the Final Four in 1982 here in CMU. And Fran Koenig and Marcy Weston and Sue Guevara. I mean, women's team got to the Sweet 16 and mm -hmm. was in 2018. Yeah. 
and um, you know, just incredible things that this place does. And you don't have the biggest budget, but it doesn't matter. You line up, and at the end of the day, well, you know, winning the Sun Bowl and the MAC championships that we get time and time again, this place outkicks its coverage. And I'm a girl from Portland, Maine, and I think that uh, blue-collar grit, tenacity, and ethos, it just resonated with me. And I see all the success we've had, and I take great responsibility. We need to keep that going and continue that tradition. Now Portland's a beautiful area. And, and I, I, you see a lot of that here, uh, especially around this time of year. There's no doubt that CMU is, is a huge piece of the fabric of this community, and they have been for a long time. And, and under your leadership at Central Michigan, uh, that continues, whether it's, you know, talking with the movers and shakers here, continuing to maintain that that level of respect for the community. But, but you know, you, you're very welcoming. You're very um, – uh, it, it's an easy place to come in and watch a football game, watch a basketball game, any of the sports you talked about. Um, it, it's very cool that, uh, that you continue to maintain such a strong presence in this community. I think it's very important. Well, you know, the Convention Visitor Bureau and Chris Frawley and just so many of the community partners around here, it is that, like, you tell a strong sense of pride. And yeah. you said, I felt very welcomed. And I was like, maybe it's because you're the AD, but it's not. It's just the ethos. They're just down-to-earth, yeah. authentic people. You yeah. talk about Coach McElwain fitting in. And just, it's very welcoming. It's a very caring community. And they have a lot of pride. And so it's a great place to have an athletics program because you get to kind of be the front porch of that. And yeah. so it was a great opportunity. And, um, you know, just really enjoyed my three years that I've been here so far. Yeah, it's great uh, in your fourth year as the Zizileski Family Associate Vice President and Director of Athletics. Amy Fulham, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Fire up chips. There you go. Fire up chips. Uh, That's going to do it for us. Uh, We got Mitch Album and the crew coming up next, but wonderful WJR Fall Tour uh, here from Mount Pleasant and the Mountain Town Station. Uh, Lots to do up here when you're thinking of a a little fall getaway. Make sure you consider Mount Pleasant. It's going to do it for us, Mitch Album and the crew coming up next. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you Monday, same time, same place. Have a good one.